Hey friends, welcome back to the No Wrong Turns podcast with Audrey Hickman Hunter. I'm Audrey and I'm your host. I'm so happy that you're all here joining us on the podcast. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Every other Tuesday, we have an awesome guest come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter on your podcast player app so you guys will never miss an episode. Hey friends, happy Tuesday. How are the first days of 2020 treating you all? For me, recently I've been enjoying spending time recording new interviews for the podcast and doing some new edits. As well as one of my close friends visited this past week and we were able to experience some new places in Madrid. One of my favorite places that we visited was the Royal Palace, mainly to see all the insanely intricate details that were going into so many rooms. Listeners, welcome to our 46th episode with Bella Caetano. Bella is originally from a small town in the Midwest of Brazil. In this episode, she shares with us her story going from owning a small shop to pursuing her dream of studying architecture and then daring to keep dreaming and pursuing her passion for designing quality jewelry in Chicago. You are for sure going to want to lean in and not miss hearing Bella's story as she highlights her passion of jewelry designing, becoming an entrepreneur, and empowering women. No matter if this is your story or if you can relate to her or not, I believe that there is something in this episode for you. All right, here's my conversation with Bella Caetano. All right, welcome back to the No Wrong Turns podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Bella Caetano. Hi, how are you? I'm good, Audrey. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Can you tell the listeners about a little bit about who you are, maybe what you do, where you're from, just so we can get to know you better? And if you have any fun facts you want to share about yourself? Well, the fun fact is that I literally just walked 15 minutes away from my store on Michigan Avenue in to begin the story with the end, I think could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally from Brazil to Michigan Avenue, which is quite a bit of an accomplishment for me. But Definitely. it has had so many turns, and I'm so excited to share. I was born in Brazil uh, in 1990. I'm 30 years old now, and I... I lived with my family in a very small town in the middle of Brazil, like the Midwest of Brazil. Okay. Uh, not Sao Paulo, not Rio. <laughs> I am not the average Brazilian who moves to another country. I literally just learned English when I was 21 years old. Oh, so wow. Has not That's been impressive. That long. <laughs> yeah. And um, I am currently a jewelry designer. And I am one by accident because I'm not formally educated in that. Uh, but I decided one day that I would move to United States and I would become a jewelry designer. That was five years ago. Wow, that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. What else about me? I think I, I will have a bit more to share along the way, but pretty much that's me. I'm Brazilian, I'm a jewelry designer, and I'm a dreamer, and I am really, really passionate about entrepreneurship, empowerment, letting people know that they can. Awesome. All right. So can you take us back to the Midwest of Brazil and tell us a little bit about what life was like growing up for you? Wow. Okay. 
So Midwest in Brazil is pretty much like Midwest in US. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of soybeans, especially yeah. in my in my hometown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was born when my town was not even uh, a city yet. It mm -hmm. was just like a little village. Okay. Yeah. So the city is 35 years old and I'm 30. Oh, wow. So that puts Almost as old as you. <laughs> Almost as old as me. So growing up was very limited, I would say, in a lot of ways, just because technology, for example, was like really late in my mm. life that I had access. I, I hear my husband telling stories about his video games and his iPods and, mm -hmm. and I'm like, mm, I didn't have many of that growing up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Any, any, like uh, I remember in my childhood that I used to love playing as a secretary. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite thing to do. So I would literally get like cardboards and, and just make little drawings as <laughs> like the, um, the keypad. Yeah. Keypad? No. Yeah. Yeah. The keyboard where you keyboard, type. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where you type. And I would just love like to, <laughs> just to the sound and I remember my dad would uh, give me the little part of the checks where he would just do the little notes oh yeah on what the check was for mm -hmm. right so he used the checks and he would give it to me and then I will use that as my little checks <laughs> so that's a fun memory that I have like how I have always been very inventive mm -hmm. and it's because of my limitations I didn't have much growing up so I had to create right like mm -hmm. I had to create the things I played with and I think that gave me probably my most precious um characteristic as an adult yeah Just creativity creativity that's awesome <laughs> yeah but that didn't last for very long because when I was 10 my parents divorced Mm. and then I, I I couldn't be very inventive because I had a whole house and two siblings to look for. Mm -hmm. So I spent most my days cleaning the house. I learned how to cook when I was like 10, 11. Wow. I, I took care of my little uh, brothers. They were, I was 10, Cassio was uh, six, and Hina was two. Okay. So they were babies. Yes. And I was taking care of them while my mom was trying to work two or three jobs. And my dad was away. I didn't understand much mm -hmm. at the time. So I just knew that sometimes he would pop in. Yeah. I used to love, love, love him. I, I still do. But like I remember how he was my hero because with my mom, it was a lot of working and taking care of my brothers and becoming a teenager and not understanding why my mom would not want me to go out and and, mm -hmm. and dance at age like 11 12 I was already wanting like to go out <laughs> and dance that's what happens to you if you live in a little town <laughs> that there's nothing to just do. dance yeah um and I remember it was tough because my mom was very young actually my mom was a mom when she was 14 oh wow years old that's how old she was when she had you yes Wow. So by so the time I was 10, she was only 24. Wow. So she was also wanting to go out, right? Yeah, totally. So it was it was just not the ideal setting for me to love and admire my mom that much. Like I didn't have that admiration mm -hmm. um, when I was young, unfortunately. Even though nowadays we are best friends, we reconciled a lot of things from my childhood. And that actually 
led me to not have had like a very long childhood yeah it was very short and i when i was forced into adulthood very yeah very young and i actually met my very first husband uh when i was 15 oh wow just like my mom from your town mm-hmm. yes wow and so I we're can i pause and ask you a quick question mm-hmm. were you still in school d- during this time um did you like i don't know elementary middle school high school kind of yeah. a thing is that i don't know if the system is the same in brazil mm-hmm. that's why yeah, i'm curious it's pretty similar so i was what is the um, like the first year of high school mm-hmm. is when i met my ex-husband okay and and then we waited we thought it was the greatest idea to at least <laughs> wait until I finish high school. <laughs> I mean, I think that's <laughs> like kind of a good idea, yeah. Yes. Was he, um, did you meet him at high school or during um, high school? No, it was just uh, at my town. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got married at 17. Um, my parents, they didn't have much to, to say. They just thought, that could be possibly a better life than what they could do for me. Mm-hmm. So I think at that point in my life, that seemed like the best idea. And my, I don't know, like my freedom. I I wanted to have my own house. I didn't want to live with people because at that time I had not getting along that well with my my mom and and then I have lived with like a couple aunts and uncles mm-hmm. and tried to live with my dad. It was a lot of homes. That sounds like a lot of moving around. A lot of moving around from ten to fifteen, a lot. Even like sixteen, seventeen. I was I remember I was living with an aunt mm-hmm. um, because my dad decided to leave town and I was with this boyfriend and promised to be married and and then I just stayed at this this house with my my aunt she had her family Mm -hmm. I was just I was just there and I just wanted my place yeah yeah so today looking back I can see that that wasn't love it Mm -hmm. was literally like escape yeah yeah so then how long were you married for I was married from 17 to 21 okay so that's like four years that's a pretty long time yeah so during that time that you were married, were you um, working or were you, um, did you go to like a, a college or like a secondary kind of school or what, what were you, what was happening for you in, in that time? So those four years were very interesting. I was presented to the world that I didn't know what my ex-husband, his family had um, a lot of money and they had like I literally had like a house with a maid and oh wow swimming pool and rooms that I could not even like place my stuff in and like the house was that big wow yes um and I had a dream I wanted since I was a little girl I have always seen myself in an office remember mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so and I was very creative and for me the best profession that was in my head was always architecture oh, okay I have always seen myself as an architect and of course when you are married you can't go leave 500 kilometers i don't know like maybe 350 miles away Mm -hmm. it was the closest architecture school Hmm. so 
that was a no no. <laughs> oh wow. So my ex husband he he convinced me that I would not go to school but we could figure out something. Okay. And then my aunt, the one that I was living with, mm-hmm. she had a clothing store. Okay. And that's when my entrepreneur story begins. Ooh, exciting. At age seventeen, my ex husband bought that store. Uh, it was a tiny little door mm-hmm. on my little town. <laughs> it wasn't anything fancy or big or anything like that. I remember as if it was today, like the dust and like so many clothes that were not even good, you know, <laughs> in good shape anymore. Yeah. It was just like a nightmare. But I was with so much free time in my hands mm-hmm. with my then entrepreneur spirit that I didn't even know about it. Right. But I was able to actually make the shop very cute, and I ran that shop for the four years I was married. Oh, wow. Actually, that little shop became a bigger shop, and I was, at age 21, I had a shop, and I had employees. Oh, wow. I had two employees. So you're the boss lady. I was the boss lady at age 21. I had no (laughs) clue what life was about. (laughs) All I knew is that I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. I had everything and I wasn't happy because mm. that wasn't the life I I saw myself having. It was convenient. I won't lie. I was very convenient to have a wealthy husband, to have a store. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like um, coveted, you know, like in town because I had like not just a little store anymore. I had a really nice boutique. Mm-hmm. I had traveled other um states in brazil to buy clothes like Mm -hmm. wholesale so from age 17 to 21 i had done so much that i felt unstoppable you know like i felt that if i didn't want that life there was nothing that could stop me from going and pursuing my dream life Mm -hmm. and i literally i gave up on everything i got divorced i sold my store that was the only thing i actually i got from my um my marriage mm-hmm. and just pride you know i was just too proud to to get any type of um like they had farms and stuff that i could had claimed for you know yeah. and all i asked was for my education back i mm. asked him can you please just give me the years you kind of took from me yeah uh, i want to go study architecture mm-hmm and and that was it we got divorced and i had a plan like always (laughs) (laughs) um i came to united states when i was 21 because i wanted to learn english i wanted to go as far as i could from my little um reality yeah Mm -hmm. you know like at that point and it's a long story i wasn't at my little town anymore we Mm -hmm. had moved to a bigger city because life moved us there even like trying to fix the marriage that mm-hmm. was already like not a thing anymore so i i was in a point of my life that i couldn't go back to my little town mm-hmm. especially as a divorced woman yeah at age 21 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i wanted to get out of that world i just wanted to go where i was anonymous mm-hmm. that no one knew about me so when you came, you did you apply to um, architecture schools to come to the United States, or you just came 
to the United States and we're going to just figure it out once you got here? Or um, can you kind of walk, walk us through what happened then? Pretty much I needed a break from life. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel right to go right into architecture school. I definitely had influences. I in Brazil, uh, people that I got to know that lived in um, United States and mm-hmm. that kind of sparkled like this desire like, oh my gosh, these people are so cool. Like, because <laughs> I was going to Rio and in Rio there are a lot of uh, people from the U.S. that visit, right? Mm-hmm. So I got to meet a few people from the U.S. there um, on my random like trips to buy clothes and right. and that started showing to me like, oh my gosh, like if Rio is what it is beyond my little town, Mm -hmm. what is beyond Rio? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, if these people come from places even bigger than Rio, what, like, how does it look like? Yeah. You know, like, how cool it would be to speak their language, to understand them. Because Mm -hmm. at the point, at that time, I was like, hi, my name (laughs) is Bella, and that was it. (laughs) So... Just to make it short, I I needed that break and I was courageous enough to literally just propose to my ex-husband. So here's the plan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to United States. I'm going to live there for six months and learn English and just leave, leave my years that I didn't leave mm-hmm. freely, you know, and I will come back and I will study architecture. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I'm asking you. So I was privileged enough for him to assist me on my five year um after the marriage mm-hmm. because that was intent for it to be my my school right S- so i came i study english uh and i won't go further in details but at that time i met my today husband <laughs> <laughs> but we will talk about that later um so did you come um to chicago or where did where did oh, yeah. you good question no i went to colorado okay yeah i went to colorado influenced by the people that i i met okay. they were from there and gotcha. it sounds so cool i was like i need to know where colorado is <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny because usually i feel like people like like people from latin america usually go to like florida texas mm-hmm. or like down like that but colorado i haven't heard too many yeah. well i was definitely also trying to avoid some brazilians you okay, know, like, gotcha. because I was really committed, like, to learn the language. That's mm-hmm. my personality. I'm like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this fast and quick, and I will get it done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Out of my way. Um, and then I did came, and two months in, I was with a semi-decent English. Mm-hmm. I was even able to venture out in the world, and <laughs> I even got a husband. So I think it was, <laughs> it was good enough. And then I was... Like into the six month, I extended like two more months because of Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let another man just change my plans, right? Yeah. I'm just going to go y- home. You remembered your lesson. Yeah. I'm going to go home and I'm going to start my uh, my school. And that's exactly what I did. I went back to Brazil and I started architecture school. So th- how long is architecture school? Um, is it... Like, usually I think for degrees, like, something like four years or two years. Mm-hmm. But how long was would that be for you? Was that going to be for you? So, in Brazil, is a five-year program. Okay. Normally, a full-time program. Mm-hmm. So, I, I went there and I used to study, like, all day. 
um, you can attend at night. A lot of people work mm-hmm. and uh, do at night. I like I said, I was very privileged to have the assistance of my ex-husband, so I chose to dedicate my time full mm-hmm. time to school because I could, right? So why not? Yeah. Um, I wanted to be the best architect in the world. I want to make my family proud, mm-hmm. and. I I went there just to find out that architecture might not be the thing. Uh, I was going to the third year of school and I was miserable. <laughs> so you were halfway done and realized uh-huh. this is not going to be for me. No. <laughs> Especially because uh, during those two and a half years, Tom and I kept going back and forth. Like he made his <laughs> way to Brazil. Wow. Uh-huh. He went there to visit me as a friend, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. And then there we got back together. And then I was actually, when he went, I was in the very, very beginning of trying to attend architecture school. Mm-hmm. And I even, I considered coming back and studying architecture. And that was the very first time and I, we broke up like oh, wow. completely. And it was ugly because... He thought I wasn't doing my best to get into the U.S. He wasn't understanding why. How come someone cannot come study in the United States? I'm like, yes, it's not that easy to come <laughs> to the U.S. <laughs> to study. And um, and then that was it. We we broke up. And he went live his life. I went live my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very dark moment because I was so overwhelmed with my life. Even the six months eight months that I spent in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't do the job for me to really get to know myself that well. And I was in that age of 22 and very confused. And I I was wondering about life, you know. I'm like, when when is life going to just work for me? Yeah. Because it seemed that... I was very brave. I was going and trying to figure out how how to do this thing called life in a <laughs> in in my own terms, you know, like I wanted to live like how I wanted. Mm-hmm. Not how my environment was the term, you know, like I starting back there when my parents divorced, like I have always had this inside of me that no, I'm not letting the environment dictate Mm -hmm. who i am or what i do i'm gonna be different yeah i'm gonna be good no matter what yeah break the pattern break the pattern yeah and i really don't know how i had this mentality since uh so young so it was very hard because there was a lot of gaps in between like at that age 21 22 when Mm -hmm. Like, I was going to go finally to architecture school, but then the man of my dreams was here in the United (laughs) States, and then what life now? But I was already married before. Now I'm going to get married again. No, no. You know, like, it was just Mm -hmm. so much confusion, so much confusion. And I even had, like, history with mental illness Mm -hmm. um, for a very short period of my time, my life. But I scared my family. Mm-hmm. I really did. And I had to really overcome that too. And then finally, it seemed that my life was 
on track and I did architecture school. But then again, <laughs> that wasn't it, right? Um, and then really it was in 2016 when I was like, you know what? This is it. Architecture is not for me. <laughs> Let's just face it. Um, I do want to live in the United States. I think there is my place. Mm -hmm. Tom is the love of my life. And I'm going to give life one last chance. <laughs> yeah. And then I came. And then I came to the United States for good. Just me. A dream. Then to become a jewelry designer. And we... We can go into that, too, if you want. So when you came um, to the United States, you knew already that you wanted to be a jewelry designer. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how did you have um, s uh, other things like happen in your story that you knew, like, I really like jewelry. I like designing it. Or did that kind of come out through architecture school? Like, I kind of doing this on the side or um, can you tell us a little bit about that? It was exactly that <laughs> oh wow i was just guessing yeah. um at that moment like i told you i wasn't working right because mm -hmm. i had this kind of bougie life that today i'm like oh my gosh young people if you have money in your hands just use it wisely <laughs> you yeah know? and i was capable of spending all the money that would come through my bank account mm -hmm. and I was just so young and I have never had a chance to really be responsible mm -hmm. you know like and I was always out of money and I'm like this is ridiculous what can I do so I start selling jewelry in my school oh I would go to school for architecture school and mm -hmm. on the breaks I would just <laughs> <laughs> tell people like I'm selling some jewelry that was a very very short time did you make that jewelry or did you kind of like it was like jewelry that you like so you had bought a couple of pieces and yeah. were selling pretty much that was my head I'm like how come people don't have a good taste for jewelry come oh. on so I would just literally go to 25 de Marso which is this famous street in um in Sao Paulo mm -hmm. for actually cheap stuff but I'm like, you know what? With your taste and your eye, Bella, you can go to Vincinco de Marso and you can just pick like the best uh, pieces mm -hmm. and make your own collection, you know, oh. like created by Bella, right? Wow. <laughs> so that was the insight right there. And jewelry was like a very uh, small investment. I didn't have to make that big of investment, right? Yeah. It's not a big investment. I could start like very little. I just bought a few things. I remember at the time it was like maybe like 2,000 reais, which is like less than $500 now. Okay. <laughs> and um, and, th and that was it. And it was just like almost like a, a little thing just for me to like make some extra money. Mm -hmm. But then I think when you surround yourself with this other ideas, you start just connecting other dots, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. There are architects that design jewelry. You know, like mm -hmm. in my researches, I don't know how I came across that. And I I was already like with this wish inside of myself that I would move to United States. And then I started like, hmm, so I could possibly be a jewelry designer, huh? And I could take this jewelry to United States, just like how it was so easy to bring, to make a little business Mm -hmm. It would probably be easy to do that in the United States just because jewelry is so small and 
yeah it doesn't demand that much so that was my my logic i'm like i can't start small mm-hmm. um but somehow something inside of me and um i love to call god <laughs> uh told me bella this might be something you are going to be doing for the rest of your life wow so why don't you just do it as if it was for the rest of your life <laughs> and i heard that voice very deep in myself and i was okay god i have this money here mm-hmm. my savings and it was all my savings um that my um my uncle had um just gave me this money which is another chapter of my story that's funny so i can tell <laughs> when i sold the store remember mm-hmm. back in the day when i was only 21 um i didn't know what to do with the money yeah a girl with like at the that time it was like three hundred forty thousand reais it was a lot of money wow and i'm like i do not want this money on my bank account because i will be dangerous like you'll spend it i will spend (laughs) it so then i made myself a favor and i put on my family business and the business broke oh no yes so i lost all that money oh my goodness Uh uh-huh but they were able to give me like thirty thousand reais like as the last thing they finally sold the broken company you Mm -hmm. know and that was all that was left and i was lucky enough they gave me that and i was this is it this is my last money that i can do something for myself yeah because i was reaching that five-year mark i won't not have the like my ex-husband support anymore yeah i have a half degree and I'm trying to move to United States to marry this other guy. And be a jewelry designer. And be a jewelry designer. Bella, what what <laughs> are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, life is not always like clear and easy, you know, like I love the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, no wrong turns. No wrong turns, right? <laughs> I did many, many turns in my life. Many. Mm-hmm. Many. And some sound very confusing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember being questioned as young like at a young age um people like bella like especially from family members Mm -hmm. bella you have to figure out something you have to settle for something Mm -hmm. you can't just be doing whatever you want Mm. because as you can tell by all the stories i told every time i wanted to do something i just went there and did it yeah um but yeah at some point you start to ask, yeah, what if people are right? Like, what if I cannot settle for anything and I would just keep making my life a mess forever? Mm-hmm. And uh, that feeling was kind of like killing me. You know, I didn't want to feel like that. I, I wanted to be important. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be something. Mm-hmm. That's why pretty much I wanted a degree. I think that's why I found out I didn't even like architecture. I liked the idea of being an architect Mm -hmm. because that sounds fancy, right? Yeah. Um, So then I got that 30,000 reais and I did the most crazy thing that an entrepreneur could possibly do. I spent it all on branding. Wow. I didn't leave a penny to buy that many products <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> but i was very sure that i was gonna be doing this for the rest of my life and actually that is the money i invested on doing i hired this company to help me figure out a name mm-hmm. and 
here we go. Belina Caetano, <laughs> Brazilian jewelry, uh, is my name, and people seem to love it. I did my logo, which is one of my biggest accomplishment of my life. I feel like I never knew what to tattoo on my body, you know, like, mm -hmm. but I would definitely tattoo my logo on my body. <laughs> <laughs> that's how beautiful it is, and that's how I know it's going to be forever, for a lifetime. It was literally like so simple you know it's like just the uh the b and the c and we i made this drawing mm -hmm. that had like the brilliance because i was thinking about the jewelry right so mm -hmm. brilliance came very strong in my head but i'm like it's not about that it's not about the jewelry this logo is gonna be about the woman mm -hmm. and and then we came up with this little story like it's the b and the c and the brilliance of a modern woman because a lot of people think the brilliance is the jewelry right yeah. and i really strongly believe that the brilliance the brilliance of any jewelry come from the woman carrying it around mm. and that wasn't that strong on my branding at that moment just because i didn't have enough tools and i didn't know many people right. coming into the united states but it evolved so beautifully to be really one of the forefront of my brand. Wow. Like the community, the 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 way my jewelry make people, women like feel mm -hmm. like how how they they change their attitude when when they are wearing Belina Caetano and that's beautiful. Yeah, so yeah, I think I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I created something for a lifetime and that's memorable. Like my logo checks all the boxes. It's memorable, it's unique, it's easy recognizable. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was worth almost 30,000 reais. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a good investment because you're still using that today, years later. Yes, five years later. Yeah. This week in our sponsor spot is our sponsor spot. Let me explain. As we're launching into year three of the podcast, we're looking for possible No Wrong Turns Pod sponsors. If you're a business owner, facilitate a service, you've created a product, or you're a creative, musical, or arts, or otherwise, and you're looking to expand your reach, I would love if you would consider being a sponsor of the No Wrong Turns Pod. We are looking to collaborate with new sponsors for our future episodes this year. If you're interested in hearing more, please email us at nowrongturnspod at gmail.com or you can DM us on our Instagram at nowrongturnspod. I will put the contact information in the show notes. All right, back to Bella's story. It's funny, just today I, I was looking at our brand guidelines that mm -hmm. we are building for this next uh, stage of Bellina Caetano because we are kind of expanding and growing next year. And I just came with this thought that with these days with social media, it's mm -hmm. so, it seems so easy to be a success overnight. Mm -hmm. People have that misunderstanding that that's how life happens, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because everyone can put entrepreneur on Instagram and plug in some pretty pictures and that is it right and i looked at the timeline of belina caetano like since 2016 to this date and i could see everything that we evolved year after year after year and the logo was just there mm -hmm. the same one intact 
but the brand grew so much and yet social media thing might come overnight mm -hmm. making history you will need a few years <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. that reminds me when you kind of were describing this i feel like i reference this a lot on the podcast so you know christine kane she's like come to city church a few times mm -hmm. and spoken i remember one time she said she was talking about she was like a lot of people ask me like how did i get here i'm running all these things and she's like i got here today by doing like little by little like what god asked me for what god like asked me to do like each day and like i was faithful with what i had and your story kind of reminds me of that Aww. of like little by little you were like kind of figuring things out architecture mm -hmm. not for you but you yeah. did enjoy jewelry and then you kind of do like you have like your little steps that are kind of like leading up to it and yeah. So that, like, always reminds me of, like, when people are telling their story, it's not, like you just said, it's not just one big overnight thing, yeah. but it's li a lot of little decisions that lead up to big mm -hmm. things. Yeah, like like I said, success might seem overnight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, one day I'm on no one, the other day, who's Bella? She has a shop on Michigan Avenue, for example. Yeah. You know, like, that happened almost three years ago, believe it or not, and it was just because... I had, I can't even say the numbers. I had 3,500 <laughs> on my account from babysitting from, because of course, when I came to United States with my logo <laughs> and just a few jewelry because I didn't save money for that. <laughs> and I couldn't just do a full business. So I was fostering the idea of being a jewelry designer. Mm -hmm. I was fostering the idea of having a brand one day, but I was actually most of the time babysitting doing little random pouring drinks at export fitness mm -hmm. to get twelve dollars an hour and a few guys to just creep on me oh <laughs> you know, like, and i did so many random things on my first two years in chicago mm -hmm. uh that oh my gosh does just i know you know so i gotta pause you really quick so you came um from brazil and you didn't go to Colorado, you came to Chicago? Oh, yes. That's a good point. <laughs> I'm just che just checking. Or did you stop in Colorado and then come to Chicago? No, I have a really good, amazing host family that I love. And I actually go visit Colorado um, almost every year. Oh, but uh, Tom mm -hmm. was studying in Colorado, but he is from Chicago. Okay, gotcha. So when we got back together and we decided we were going to get married in 2016, uh chicago is where i came gotcha. to leave yeah. okay that makes Sorry. sense no no problem i just wanted to keep it straight i was like just trying to see the map i am telling you it's a lot of turns <laughs> it, it might look like a maze oh perfect that's that's on our logo uh -huh, exactly it is yeah. <laughs> that's cool yeah so i did came to chicago and i didn't know anyone here i didn't mm -hmm. know anybody so how could I have customers? <laughs> right. Yeah, it was a long way to have customers. I did everything. And one of the things were really like volunteering in the Brazilian community, um, going to church, um, going anywhere that there was good people for me to meet. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, including working. Uh, through working in so many places, doing so many gigs, I met everyone that I needed to meet. Mm -hmm. I would always have my little business card on my yeah. pocket. And <laughs> uh, anytime I could, I would say, by the way, I'm pouring your drink, but I'm also selling some jewelry <laughs> if you ever need some. <laughs> 
and uh, that's how pretty much like I start um, really navigating like Chicago and getting to know people and places and I was able to save the money um, because then in 2018 I, I incorporated as a LLC mm -hmm. um, and I started doing a little uh, little markets I remember it was Randolph Market mm -hmm. that I used to attend with my little table. I did like jewelry parties by the time I got mm -hmm. to meet like 10 people, right? It yeah. was ready to have a party. So I did jewelry parties and then I saved up all this money and then the Michigan Avenue opportunity came. And wow. I, and again, the rent was 3000 and I had 35 Wow, so that's almost everything. It was almost everything, and it wasn't easy to save that thirty-five thousand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, thirty-five hundred. <laughs> um, but I, I was like, you know what? What can happen if I go to Michigan Avenue for a month and I just wasted my money? I, I will at least say forever that I was with my brand on Michigan Avenue. Yeah, definitely. I can put on my resume, so <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> uh, I went there, and that month, we made money to pay for two more months. Wow, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I have an idea. I think it's about that time that I start designing my own jewelry. Because mm -hmm. um, at that point, you were still getting jewelry from just places that places you already knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was already in Michigan Avenue. I'm like, what is going to stop me from being a jewelry designer? I was kind of waiting for me to have money mm -hmm. to study jewelry design. In a more like formal, formal way. Formal way so that I could do it. And I'm like, Bella, you just spend all your money on the rent of this place. You have no money. <laughs> and it will probably be a while until you have more money <laughs> right so why don't you just try you know I literally had that serious conversation with myself like just try mm -hmm. get a piece of paper some ideas and 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 draw and send it to the manufacturer because that is the one thing right when I came I already had in my head who was going to produce my designs Oh, so you already knew. I already what knew what company that you wanted uh -huh. to go with. I just wasn't prepared. I actually I made a call to them in 2016 to ask questions mm -hmm. and get all the information. And I literally uh, responded, uh, follow up my call with an email saying, "Ah, mm -hmm. oh, I thought a lot about it, and um, I'm I'm still doing some research on my designs, <laughs> so I'm gonna be back soon, okay?" Yeah. <laughs> So you're interested and you want to let them know, uh -huh. but it might be a minute. It might be a mi minute. It was two years. <laughs> <laughs> so two years later, almost three actually, I made that contact again. And um, that time was to send in my drawings. Wow. And I, I submitted, I literally just, I made some drawings and I scanned on my scanner and I put an email and I said, here's my drawings. How much would it be to produce my collection? Wow. Uh-huh. And did they respond right away? Right away. They loved. They said they had never seen anything like my designs. And they would be happy to have an international customer. Oh, wow. That was the thing. I was so small. And I, my, of course, my quantities had to be tiny, tiny, tiny quantities. Mm -hmm. But they were willing. They were betting on me. So they were like, okay, Bella, you are in Chicago. We want our company represented in Chicago 
wow. gonna be an amazing deal for the factories like a private label um we we know you're gonna grow wow that's awesome to have that kind of confidence and support behind you mm-hmm. and you know why because i have a nice logo <laughs> and a nice presentation <laughs> <laughs> and i seem very professional right yeah and that's all you need you really need to know and value the importance of a good presence mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be anything fancy it just has to be very well put together mm-hmm. very well thought out and people will respect you you know like if you have the um, ability and the time and the energy and the willingness to pause for a second and just think think how you want people to see you mm-hmm. you can create that i created Mm-hmm. I created for myself that I was going to be a jewelry designer. And I created it so clear and so well put together that even though it wasn't real, mm-hmm. people trust me. Yeah. You know, and they were willing to bet on me. And then that year, 2018, in December, after Christmas, actually, because there was a whole nother confusion trying to bring this jewelry in the country oh no so you didn't get like the christmas shoppers no it was another wrong turn (laughs) right there (laughs) well i didn't do um wrong turns right like this is the podcast yeah that's totally fine lots of turns (laughs) no no wrong turns but that was one that wasn't easy it wasn't easy um but it worked out and um and then 2019 it was a great year we sold that collection people loved we have like the three stone ring that became like kind of like famous in my Ooh. little community. You know, like all the Brazilian girls have a three stone ring from Belina Caetano. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was ready. I was ready to release my second collection in 2020. And as you guys know, 2020 did came. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> did you design that as well then? Yeah, so in 2020, like I said, I had a few sketches Mm -hmm. already, a few ideas, just putting my head around, like, what is next? And then really, like, March came fast that year, and we were all locked down. So did you already, was it, like, before, like, in January, February, that you had already like put your order in for with your sketches or was it no. uh, okay was it still like so you already knew that ideas gotcha yeah so then 2020 like march came and i'm mm-hmm. like okay i <laughs> i will just save my designs like i don't know what's gonna happen right and yeah. then one weekend and we're like oh no let's just stay in for one more <laughs> week oh no it's gonna be three weeks oh it's gonna be a few months now yeah and and then i just so then was your store shut down Mm -hmm. yeah everything was shut down Mm -hmm. and i was just home with a few sketches and uh, wondering when am i gonna have a second collection yeah is my second collection even gonna come to life one day is the world gonna end (laughs) yeah you know like what's gonna happen and and it it, like i remember last year things just uh, kept going crazy (laughs) and crazier you know Mm -hmm. like and you couldn't make any plans yeah anymore and i i survived i survived during the pandemic i i had a few great ideas um and one was like doing live 
shopping events through Instagram. How fun. <laughs> and uh, well, I, everyone's home on their phone, uh -huh, so it definitely yeah. makes sense. And then if you have like a personality, just put your face on your phone and <laughs> yeah. make people laugh, right? And that's exactly what I did. I, I was like, I need to save Belina Caetano. I need to do something to save it. I'm not gonna just let it die. Mm -hmm. And I was getting to a point where I was seeing I wasn't gonna make it by myself. So I literally asked people online, I'm on my on my deep, deep, deep vulnerability. Uh, vulnerability? Yes, that word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was just like hopeless that I wasn't gonna make it, I decided to go online and say, look, this is what's going on. If you guys don't place your orders, Belina Caetano's gonna end. Mm, that must have been really scary and like that makes me feel like I would if saying that you would have like a big like pit like in mm -hmm. your stomach feeling yeah. I cried <laughs> yeah <laughs> on camera um I was like this is serious this is not just a jewelry company this is my dream like this is my life mm -hmm. and it became the life and the dream of other women too You know, like people are waiting for my next collection. People are waiting for my next designs. Mm -hmm. And it's just not going to happen if we don't come together. Everyone do, do a little bit and we will go through this. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I was overwhelmed, overwhelmed with so much support. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know the power of the community I had built. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you got a lot of orders a and support orders coming in. And support coming in, yeah. And, um, yeah, and that was it. That was enough for us to pay rent, even with our doors closed, mm -hmm. and um, keep up with every expense that we kind of had. We were, and we are still a very small company, so we didn't have a lot of overhead. I, mm -hmm. I had no um, employees. Which, funny enough, I told you the support was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I got my very first employee during the pandemic. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had my first hire. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Like helping you ship things yes, or answer emails and that kind of thing. Yeah, just helping run the business because it was becoming too much. And um, Emily, her name, she was just an angel. And she came at the right moment when I needed it most. She came in my life, and she was one more that just believed on Belina Caetano. She wanted to work with Belina Caetano so bad that she made it work. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she's with me to this date, and we have beautiful, beautiful things coming next. Awesome. Well, that's kind of crazy that you, during the pandemic, when most people are like getting furloughed or let go, um, mm -hmm. you were able to hire someone onto your um, team. So now yeah. you're now you're two instead of just mm -hmm. you. Exactly. <laughs> my husband have always helped a lot. Mm -hmm. And so as my friends, like, oh, my gosh, how many times my friends went to watch the shop so that I could have a day off mm -hmm. or I could have a break or I could do something like I could go to the doctor, you know? Yeah. Because the mall never closes. It's Monday through Monday. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of people helping me in many, many, many ways. Like it was just like this sense of community 
that later reflected mm-hmm. that I was never there working alone. Yeah. The community were there building Belina with me. And that's why when I opened my mouth and I asked for help, it was so powerful. Mm-hmm. You know when people come to you and they say, if you need anything, let me know. Yeah. How many times do you go to that person and actually let them know that you need help? Probably not often enough. <laughs> no, you yeah. don't. Because you are too afraid to bother. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I had no choice. So I'm like, you know, all those people who said that whenever I need, I should tell them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do right now. Wow. And I just did. Well, that's that's really awesome. I really like how you kind of were able to use the community that you had built up mm-hmm. to a- ask, ask them for help, even if they were just, you know, like a follow on your Instagram page. Mm-hmm. But then um just kind of wanting to support you and they were able to do that yeah um during this pandemic that seems to keep going i know yeah um but so as the support the support keep going too Mm -hmm. um i think belina caetano became so strong during 2020 i became so strong during 2020 Mm -hmm. i i did went down to my bottom (laughs) yeah i hit rock bottom how you guys say in america (laughs) right (laughs) yeah uh but i then understood that i was looking after the wrong things Mm -hmm. i was trying to be someone that i wasn't um like i was trying to almost pretend and i'm not ashamed to say almost to pretend that i have already made it Mm mm-hmm that I was already a very successful jewelry designer with a shop on Michigan Avenue uh, with nice pictures on Instagram. Yeah. That's easy to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you can. You need a camera. Um, you need a, a, a brand. Like, mm-hmm. you need um, a few products. And, and yeah, you can arrange things, right? Like I, I even told before, like you, you are able to make a good presence mm-hmm. and a good impression. But then I I realized that I didn't have those things yet. Mm-hmm. And I would never be able to do it by myself. Mm. So if I, if I make people think I have everything figured out, then I am left with no one to help me. Yeah. So it was when I was the most vulnerable that I grew the most. Hmm. Because then I was no longer by myself. I was with my community. Yeah. So a lot of times you want to seem strong because you want, you know. Mm -hmm. But then people think you are okay. People yeah. think she doesn't need help. Mm-hmm. She has everything figured out. Yeah. Yeah. So don't go through anything alone. Don't don't think that not being there yet is not like isn't just as precious as going through the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, like um. I feel like the 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 first pace um the first steps of um of a career or of a company or a dream or like a philanthropy 
-hmm. journey that you might want to take those baby steps those first chapters are just as precious as when you are there and you made it mm -hmm. and you feel accomplished yeah it's all part of your story it's all part of your story but very often we don't see like that we we feel ashamed of how small we are mm -hmm. yeah and we don't praise how big our dreams are mm -hmm. yeah every dream starts with small steps mm -hmm. that's just how it is yeah even a person with a million dollars they still need to figure out how to do things yeah so it's always hard it's never easy yeah i like how you kind of said that i feel like that's been like the theme in your story like little steps even if it was like the wrong turn but you had that opportunity when you were younger to run a store and you're doing that mm -hmm. now again so you have that as part of your story and at the time or right after it may seem like why did this happen or this was a waste of my time but you're now able mm -hmm. to when you were starting your store able to recall like that experience and it's not your your first time but you didn't know that at the time all those like little experiences even if it seems like a wrong turn at the moment are part of your story that has led you to be able to share your passion of entrepreneurship and pursue that mm -hmm. yeah they were all part of building my character mm -hmm. which today is my most precious asset mm -hmm. i feel like an investor come trying to invest in Belina Caetano, they are literally investing on my character. Yeah. So, yeah, the most valuable asset is my story. Mm -hmm. It's it's priceless. Like, when people come and ask me, what's your value proposition? What makes you different from other brands selling jewelry? Mm -hmm. No one has my story. Yeah. No one can make women feel the way I can. Mm -hmm. make them feel you know and i hope that i make women feel special i hope that i am someone that they look as an example like she did it i can do it mm -hmm. not with jealous you yeah. know i i do not want that to happen like mm -hmm. i just don't want i i want to always be there and available and and be in the center of my community mm -hmm. not on the top of my community i like that idea of it's not like you're trying to like be at the top of like a pyramid or something mm -hmm. but if somebody else wants to learn or like grow from your experience it's you're like hel helping each other to do that not in a you've got to be at the top kind of way yeah and trying to hold other people back yeah, because like I said, I feel uh, that we have infinite energy to expand. We can always be better. Mm -hmm. No matter how big we are, no matter how much money we have, there's mm -hmm. always room to either get richer, bigger, more famous, right? The mm -hmm. universe is infinite, so is our energy. So if you portray that image that you are there, you cut your possibilities. Wow, that's so to true. To expand. 
right mm-hmm. yeah. i do never want that feeling for myself yeah i want to always think i do have something else to learn especially from women mm-hmm. every woman that comes my way they have something to teach me mm-hmm. yeah i like that kind of attitude of just being like open and ready to learn because mm-hmm. i think that i hear from a lot of people's stories including yours that when you're open to learning and to being able to add parts of people's experience and story and grow from that, I think that that's where you can also to just be able to make bigger leaps and steps forward in your own story. Yeah, it's funny because um, this is something I learned very young, but I didn't practice until very recently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My grandpa... I always said that we have one mouth and two ears for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he used to always say that. And I was just like, okay. And I have always been this big personality. If you let me, I can keep talking like, <laughs> for years. Um, and then just recently, I learned that the person who speaks don't have the opportunity to learn. Mm. And I want to be a learner forever. Mm-hmm. So I want to be the ears to translate other women's feelings and passions. And that's why I mentioned early with you that on my bio, I literally said that every woman has a story worth sharing. Mm-hmm. And I want to be that woman for them. I want to be the listener. And I think that people will know my story just because I was willing to be a listener. Mm. And that's the beauty of being kind and being there for others. You don't have to really spend that much energy building your empire. Mm -hmm. People will go and do the work for you in Mm -hmm. your behalf. Yeah. You know, I have people today that want Belina Caetano to grow just as much as I want. Mm-hmm. And that is just because I had time to listen to them and to their stories and to what they care about. And just from empathizing with them, mm-hmm. they felt part of my community because yeah. I wasn't trying to teach them anything. I was just trying to learn something from them. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. I really like that reminder. I've heard that saying, too. You have two ears to listen Mm -hmm. and only one mouth. I think that's a really good reminder. There is a reason for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Evolution, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's the beauty of listening. Mm -hmm. I listen not just to myself, but to the people. Like I said, during the pandemic, I... Oh my gosh, God knows how many Zoom interactions I had with <laughs> other women that I would never otherwise, right? Yeah. I literally, I, I put myself out of my way to go reach out to women just to have a moment with them. Mm-hmm. And a few that will probably hear this podcast know they are one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, you, you that is listening, you were very special in my life during the pandemic. You are part of this whole journey and I'm so sure that you know who you are (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I hope to just make that feeling spark in other women too Mm -hmm. you know like this womanhood that I am creating with Belina Caetano 
Yeah, I really like that idea. I think you've said it a couple times now of just support, like having you've been supported, you're supporting others. And at the same, it's like a it's like a cycle, Mm because as you're doing that, other people, other women are supporting you and you're able to give out because you're you're also being supported. It's Mm -hmm. like a beautiful circle. Yeah, it's a never ending cycle and Mm -hmm. it's a beautiful one. And just like how people get into abusive cycles in Mm -hmm. their lives there is a way to make really impressive, good cycles, too. Mm-hmm. You just have to reverse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I have this one phrase that I always told myself uh, during the pandemic, and it's, don't be afraid of yourself. Be gracefully bold. Hmm. And I have written that a few years ago like midway through Belina Caetano but it had never <laughs> been so strong as last year mm-hmm. you know like I have never understood really why I wrote that like don't be afraid of yourself and I think it's because we women we are so capable of so many things mm-hmm. but I was scared yeah I'm like okay, I'm going to build this massive community and I'm potentially going to change the world. I can potentially put Brazil in the spotlight. Mm -hmm. I can potentially transform the jewelry industry and how things are done Mm -hmm. because I really want to do it in a more sustainable way. Mm -hmm. So do you, Bella, want to be that woman? Mm -hmm. I had to ask that to myself. Yeah. Like, do you really see yourself working that much? Because it's going to be a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell myself, you know what, girlfriend? Don't be afraid of yourself. Mm. (laughs) Be gracefully (laughs) bold. (laughs) Take your time, but go there and do it. It's going to be beautiful. But I really had to keep telling that to myself. Because, yeah, when you find out how much you can do, it's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. And I think that can paralyze a lot of people. Yeah, just like there's so much out there, but you are s- you're still at the starting line of all that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you can be frozen. Just think about if someone tells you that you have to run like 50 miles nonstop. Mm-hmm. You're gonna think for a minute if you want to even start, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah. So, but I know people can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us each week to listen to our awesome guests come on as they chat about their stories and their passions and how their passions have evolved and grown throughout their story. I am so humbled and honored that you would choose to download and listen to these conversations. I am so grateful for you. Could you do me a favor? If you've not already subscribed to the podcast, would you do so in whichever podcast player app that you're listening to us on today? If you're already subscribed, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. It makes a huge difference. I would love it if you could possibly share the show with a friend. I find out about so many different shows through recommendations from friends. Maybe some of you have found out about this show through a friend sharing it with you. Lastly, would you please leave a rating or review over on whichever podcast player app you're listening to us on? Thank you so much. I know these things are little and may seem small, subscribing, sharing the show, leaving a rating or review, but they make a huge difference in new listeners finding the No Wrong Turns pod. 
Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for being here, for listening, and for cheering on the No Wrong Turns pod. Thank you for subscribing, sharing, and reviewing the show. Alrighty, back to Bella's story. Two more questions for you. The one is that we ask all our podcasts on the podcast, and that is, what is fueling you today? What's fueling your passion? So this could be anything from like a new Starbucks drink or a new um, co- your new collection or a new I don't know walking route I find in the pandemic I do a lot of walking <laughs> um, or just um, so a new show you found on Netflix to watch. Okay, um, there is one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's feeling your passion? What's what's feeling you today? Funny enough, you mentioned uh, uh, Netflix, but I'm gonna go to the the um, how do you say when it's the um, the brand that competes with the other brand? I think the competitor. Yeah, the competitor. Oh, okay. Of course, English is easy, <laughs> right? Uh, so I'm gonna go with Hulu because <laughs> <laughs> I did found this uh, TV show on Hulu. It's called Genius. Hmm. It's a series. Okay very worth watching and there is uh one episode about not one episode like one of the series mm-hmm. of genius is about icing hmm. and my whole kaleidoscope journey for mm-hmm. the new collection started with my really my curiosity for the kaleidoscope mm-hmm. and there was a lot of physics a lot of light a lot of mirrors and how light and how the human eye sees it. And Einstein kind of explained a little bit on that show. Oh, wow. And actually gave me even a perspective of life. So maybe if you want to understand Kaleidoscope better, you should watch Genius on Einstein on Hulu. (laughs) Interesting. Insider tip. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard of that show, so I'll have to check it out. Yeah, on Hulu. it's really cool. They have uh, Picasso mm-hmm. and also Aretha Franklin. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I am already watching Aretha Franklin. I already watched Picasso as well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. People are listening and they want to can uh, find you on instagram or wherever wherever you're at your (laughs) website can you share with the people how they can find you see your collection okay for sure so you can go to bellinacaetano.com perfect uh online to shop for your brazilian jewels can also follow bellina on instagram bellina caetano if you want to connect personally with me, you can always look for the Brazilian boss lady. <laughs> I'm right there. That's my handle. Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Bella, for sharing your story and your passions with us today. Thank you. This was so relaxing. Thank you so much, Audrey. Uh, today has been one of my busy days, and this one hour we spent together was very, very valuable. Thank you so much. Friends, this was an awesome conversation with Bella. There were so many gems and quotes that Bella shared during this episode. One quote that stood out to me is when she said, I really strongly believe that the brilliance of the jewelry comes from the women carrying it. I love this idea that Bella kept coming back to that. Yes, there's jewelry involved, but the women who are wearing the jewelry are the true gems, focusing on listening and hearing other stories. 
I hope that you were all encouraged today from Bella's story and her passions. My prayer is that you would consider what God has for you and what he might be leading you to. You can see the show notes for our music credits. All right, guys, enjoy your week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and I will see you back here next time with Anton Atkins. Hey friends, you have just listened to the No Wrong Turns podcast with Audrey Hickman Hunter. I'm Audrey and I'm your host. I'm so happy that you are here to listen. If you like what you listened to today, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are bringing new shows every other Tuesday and have some awesome guests that come on and chat about their story and their passions and how their passions have grown and evolved throughout their story. Subscribe today to the No Wrong Turns pod with Audrey Hickman Hunter so you will never miss an episode. Thanks. See you next time.